0: Welcome to Full Metal RPG. I'm Richie Buzzkill, and tonight. We have a very special guest. Uh he uh he was introduced to me by Paul, our good friend Paul. Uh Tony, how you doing, Tony? Nice to meet I'm you. I'm
1: doing I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? Uh
0: I'm well, I had a lot of, you and I both had a lot of technical difficulties before this, so I already feel like I've been through a ringer, but like <laughs> now that we're we're on lot on on record, then it seems to be going okay. So I'm doing all right.
1: Good, good. glad to hear. Uh, introduce myself a little bit. My name is Tony. In 1996 in Wisconsin, I was convicted for multiple bank robberies and ended up serving 15 years in the Wisconsin prison system. And while in the game, while in prison, I got into RPGs. And I'm pretty sure that's what we're going to be talking about
0: here. Yeah, so Tony is uh, uh, here to tell us about his experience. Uh, just the, the fact that you you were introduced to RPGs in prison is I think is a very unique thing uh to get it going with that. But yes, uh basically pr- playing RPGs in prison is the, the you know the main reason he's here. Other seems like he, he's a pretty pretty nice guy so far. Um, <laughs> um so so you 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 got to prison and you had never played an RPG.
1: I like, I feel like twice in junior high, I had somebody like, "like you should really try this," and the first time it was Advanced D anD I'll, I'll, I'll admit, either yeah, I was pretty sure it was advanced. Even now, having played for close to fifteen to twenty years, I still don't understand Paco. So
0: <laughs> yeah, Thacko is legit like you have to kind of like it reverse of every other part of that game and I uh, I got it after writing number lines a lot when I was when I was playing. But yes, I can totally understand that point of view for sure. <laughs>
1: yeah, and then again in high school I had a buddy and every time somebody tried to teach me to play it was just on one on one too. So oh. that kind of made it a little, you know, was it was not sit down at a table and then the second time, man, I'm trying to think what edition it must have been because it was in probably like 91, 92.
0: It'd be second edition if it was the current. Yeah. If it wasn't yeah. basic or something yeah. like that. But,
1: but uh, that one, like, it's so funny now after, after actually being a gamer. It's like, I didn't want to make my character, I didn't want to do any of that stuff. But like now, you know, that's one of the most fun parts of making a character, for or like sure. what I'm playing is making your character and coming up with a character. That's like I don't want to roll dice. I just want to talk about what I want to do. And that lasted like two hours. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well so, I mean, that's that's longer than most people I think would last. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I think one on one is a very particular kind of gaming, and it's it's a growing segment, but it's like it's something when you first start is not really unless you've got a very good game master, which you're not gonna find in middle school. No offense, middle school game yeah, game no, masters. No. You are you're still the best. Don't get me wrong, but uh, there's some experience that needs to be had with such something such so intimate as that.
1: (laughs) So once I was incarcerated and gaming was a thing in in prison, um, I was I was a little put off at the idea because of the learning curve. Um, I think I was actually in about eight or nine years before I got into gaming.
0: Well, um, well, so so, in this eight or nine years before you got into a game, were you seeing these uh, guys? I'm assuming it was guys because it's a yeah, men's yes, prison, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, were you were seeing these guys playing somewhere, right, on the yard or in somebody's well, cell or? Okay.
1: We well, we gotta go do a. We'll do a little bit of a little bit of my personal history here to hear and understand it. When I was first incarcerated, I spent. About uh, two years at a maximum security institution, where there I didn't see any gaming, I didn't know about any gaming, and then I was sent to a private prison in Oklahoma, uh, run by uh, CCA, and there it was considered a medium max, where even though I was maximum security, we had a day room. It was it was ran like a medium security prison, so you weren't locked in your cell constantly. And maximum security, unless you had some place to be, either work, a library, or rack, or meals, you were just in your room. Once I got to Oklahoma, it was there was a day room, and that's where I saw people outside playing. Okay. And where I was in Wisconsin, and we'll get into this a little bit later when I get in my own personal game experience. Some places you were allowed to have books; some places you weren't. Oklahoma, you were. Uh, the private prison system, at least the one I was at, it was it was a little free range. It was you could get away with a lot because the only thing they cared about was making their money. So right. when I was in Oklahoma, people were able to get books in. They were able to get stuff. So then you saw a lot more gaming happening because people were able to get stuff like that. Now you couldn't still have dice, but people were ordering everything else.
0: Okay. Okay. So you were seeing people playing and and th- how how did you make that transition from seeing these uh, guys playing to joining in? Like
1: um I actually I didn't start in Oklahoma. Uh interestingly enough, I was approached about running a campaign in Oklahoma <laughs> without ever having played, uh, just because people knew I liked to read, I was I was I was entertaining, I was fun, you know, a lot of the things you look for in a good GM. Um, but unfortunately, I knew absolutely nothing about gaming, which you kind of want your GM to know a little bit about that at least,
0: just I mean, a touch. At least, at least read the book or a part of it, anyways. I mean, knowing nothing about and being the only GM in a group is kind of a classic <laughs> story, really. But
1: <laughs> it was everybody was tired of running, and they're like well, let's go talk to Tony. He'll, he'll, he's smart. He'll run a game. Yeah. And I had, and it's kind of funny, is I had an idea for a whole campaign world idea and everything coming together, and it was almost actually going to be based off of the Dark Tower series by Stephen King.
0: Oh, nice, nice. very. With, nice.
1: like, gunslingers and magic users. And then when I started talking to them about that, the people who actually understand how games work and the balance of games <laughs> are like, uh... And I'm like so this is gonna be it and then but then you guys are gonna find out it's aliens like I was basically just telling them the book I wrote in my head
0: right and course. then uh
1: that, yeah, that idea then fell through uh-
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean you can get there but that does sound like a bit of a stretch i mean now was it was it this was a question by uh uh 10man prime it was like w- is it all d d that you've encountered was there other games people were no. playing uh
1: that's what we'll get into here in a little bit uh First off, there's was a lot of D&D. By the time I started actually playing, it was when I came back to Wisconsin and I was at medium security. It was third edition. Okay. D&D. Also saw a lot of Vampire Masquerade. Oh, yeah. Big fans. That was big. That was big. And one of the reasons that was so big is because you could get your hands on six-sided dice. So using the dice pool method you were able to do that. Now we'll touch here on a little bit, like how we got around that uh, of when we are playing other systems. Right Now the system that I ended up running prop, and then there was also a lot of home group systems. You had that too, because uh, like I said, in Wisconsin, a lot of places you couldn't get the books at all. So people would write down everything they remembered. remember. Yeah. So you'd have like notebooks that were your player's handbooks, and you'd, you'd try to do gamer balance. You know, and then it's like, imagine rule lawyers where nobody actually has the rules.
0: Right? It's like <laughs> that. Yes. That that sound. I've I've been in those games. I've been in those games.
1: Yeah. That's. <laughs> I mean, I remember a guy trying to explain to me that a long sword in third edition was two d twelve.
0: Yeah. And it's like. <laughs>
1: Oh boy, you know, so you also had that too, as far as systems, just a lot of heavily inspired by for lack of a better term. Now, the system that I ended up getting that is the one I ran the most after I got out was Hackmaster by Kinzo.
0: Oh, wow. So Hackmaster is a pretty, pretty dense system. A lot of (laughs) in-jokes.
1: No, no, not, but here's the thing, not the Hackmaster that was their uh, licensed parody. Okay. It was the Hackmaster basic that's that then became advanced hackmaster that they're putting out now. Yeah, okay. No, it wasn't what happened was uh, while I was in, I also got into comic books and I discovered Knights of the dinner table. Of
0: course, of course.
1: And there was information in there. And like they'd have like magical items and they'd have weapons and they'd have creatures. And I would take those to my buddies who had game outside, who had seen more books, and been like, what do these numbers mean? And they're like, I got no idea. Well, eventually I got my way to a minimum security prison and we had a guy and that place had work routes where people were going to jobs and coming back and they used inmate drivers. Well, one of the guys I actually gained with with a home group system was one of those drivers and his side hustle was smuggling things in. Of course. And he would smuggle in mostly like dirty magazines because pornography was also banned in Wisconsin. And I was like, "Hey, we can get the Hackmaster Basic Book. What's everything up to fifth level for like four different classes, spells, creatures? For like, I think they were selling it for like maybe twenty bucks then. And he's like, "I'll have my mom order it. She'll make the drop, and I'll bring it in. So that's how we got into playing Hackmaster, and." I'll admit that's that's it's, it's 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 a it's not an easy system but it was a fun system right so that was the one I probably ran the most other than like a hybrid third edition
0: okay okay so so you're you're like kind of like on the edges of these things and so did you start playing after they ask you to game master when I was in Oklahoma no when
1: I came back I said we're I mean, our train of thought is not going to be concise. Yet. Oh, that's, that's perfectly <laughs> I, it's perfectly fine.
0: That's my job is to help help bring you back.
1: <laughs> Good luck. Um, uh, when I came back to Wisconsin is when I got into gaming and it was a hybrid third edition. And basically my celly uh, ran a game. And we started talking and that's where he's like, hey, listen, this is what I'm doing. I think you really enjoy this. And so that's how I got into it then. And that's when I started. And then from then on, I'd game about... It'd be funny because you kind of, you did have to... Anytime you went to a new prison, if you were a gamer, you'd kind of look around and you'd see like five guys sit at the tables with huge stacks of cards and a piece of graph paper and some, some file folders. And you just walk up and be like, what edition are you playing?
0: Right, exactly, <laughs> like, exactly.
1: Like that was what you looked for because you kind of had to hide it. It was against the rules. Now, I, there are some institutions within the Wisconsin system that would send you to segregation for game. Um, I was never at those. The worst we ever had to deal with was uh, them confiscating your material, what always sucked because you know you, you you would spend months putting together your material so people could play and you'd have something to reference. I actually because I saw. Uh, a guy had an actual third edition hardcover player's handbook back in Wisconsin. Somehow he got it in. And I read that thing cover to cover I don't know how many times. But I watched my celly hand copy it wow. over a period of about a month, like 10 to 12 hours a day. <sighs> like, 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 like some sort of medieval monk. He filled out a notebook and just copied everything, made graphs, all of that. So yeah, when you got your stuff confiscated, that was that was not good. But uh so yeah, that's that's when I started gaming uh was at the one place I was at and then every time I moved around after that either I already had material and I started running games or I would join other games.
0: Well, very cool. So you you're so you're you're going on this journey of of finding this uh finding these groups in different it when you move from place to place was the was the kind of i mean was the play culture kind of the same when you were going to these different groups where they did you always end up with the same kind of you know well it's
1: kind of yes um there were there were different different tables we know. just a table and most time every unit would have a unit would have anywhere from 100 to 150 people on it and you usually had at least one if not two tables of some sort of a game being ran in every unit you know and there'd be some overflow of people going to one table and back and forth and stuff like that you never anytime there's any sort of conflict between tables it had nothing to do with the game It was just personal conflict between using, like, the GMs about something. But that had nothing to do with the game. And then, but uh, a few things that would happen, and I I don't know how much much you want to touch on this, is uh, somebody, if somebody new came in, saw you were gaming, um, depending on the table, some tables would be like, yeah, man, you can join us, bring your paperwork. We want to know what you're in for.
0: Oh. And
1: there are certain crimes they would not let sit down at the table.
0: That, and and I I know that there's there is kind of a culture, from what I understand, of different crimes get you ostracized from yes. everybody.
1: Yes. Uh You know, I I I don't know how much you wanted to get into that. We don't have to. But we don't have to get
0: into that. I think that I yeah. think that's fairly out in the open, pretty yeah. public. But
1: but that was something that would happen.
0: Well, okay. So that, 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 I, I, I can kind of see that make, that makes a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I can also, yeah. Anyway.
1: Yeah, anyway, uh, so I yeah, we'll move past that. <laughs> so, so
0: you, that, when you're looking for, or people would mostly self select to ch- come and ask to play, or like in your case, where like they just assume because you, wore glasses and were smart and, and read because a lot of a geek, books. They're you were, like, you got to, yeah, you're already doing this. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that, that sort of like reminds me of how I got my, that my origin story real quick is just, I was sitting on the bus reading a star Wars novel and somebody just tapped me on the shoulder and says, Hey man, do you want to come over to my house and play star Wars? So I'm playing <laughs> star Wars RPGs first thing. And then I played D D, so like nice. it, it was that same kind of like, oh, you're wearing glasses, you're wear- reading a <laughs> geeky as hell book, yeah. And then you get tapped on the shoulder, and you, or you basically, can, yeah,
1: that, yeah. You know, like I think you would enjoy this. So why don't you check it out? And then once. Once you're hooked, then you go to find your connection when you get someplace new. <laughs> right,
0: exactly. You're like, oh, I, I'm moving around. i got to find my dealer. I mean... Uh, <laughs> yeah, my, my,
1: my, my Yeah, okay, and I need, I need my fix. <laughs>
0: right, exactly. Um,
1: so, yeah, and it, it, like I said, and you would have people, you know, most of the time people come up and be like, hey, you know, what are you guys playing? Uh, let's, let, yeah, I'm into it. But what's interesting is... It's. I've played with everybody. I I played with white guys. I played with Latinos. I played with black guys. I played with Hmong. uh, I played with some straight up gangbangers who were into gaming. Uh, And so that was fun too. Is is the gaming did cross all of those lines. Now I will say this uh, about the particular system I was in uh, with Wisconsin. Wisconsin is not a self segregated prison system a lot of prison systems are that from what i've heard and what i've been told you just don't intermingle with other races and that's not a thing in the wisconsin system at all so it wasn't like a big progressive line for that for like gaming is the one place where everybody came together but everybody did but it wasn't a big deal in wisconsin because wisconsin was not a segregated system in that way
0: Right, and, and that's what I've kind of – one of the things I've listened – one of the podcasts I listen to is Ear Hustle, and that's San Quentin, and that's California. Yeah. And California is a very self-segregating uh, state. They Their prisons are very segregated. Yeah. And they were talking – the Game Master they were talking to, that was the only place you could really cross those boundaries was in that kind of – there was a lim- there was a space that was neutral territory that's where all of the gamers kind of like met and they whoever oh, okay. could play but oh
1: good. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that <laughs> yeah you know
0: but, but it, it does sound like that that I mean you know I could see that being a, a way of crossing those boundaries and it's sort of interesting in in our culture today even you know the prisons are very very segregated yeah still yeah
1: uh what's something to talk about Gaming in prison so talking about this made me think of this is because what you would be in, one of the things about interesting about gaming in prison is there are people in close proximity who have no idea what you're doing because you know no one's gonna like wander into a game store and be like what's happening here or you know wander into your into your into your living room when you and all your friends are playing but you'd have that there where people would come up and be like hey man who's winning Like that was a question you'd hear all the time and it's like well nobody is and here's a here's a little a fun little anecdote is it was uh me um this 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 buddy of mine who 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 was who was black who was a shot caller for one of the local organizations and another buddy of ours who was half apache half mexican big old huge guy arms covered with just prison garbage tattoos who was also high up in his organization well we sat down at a table because we needed to talk about what we were going to do in the game the next time we got together and there's a guy sitting there who's waiting who's to use the shower this this other black guy we kind of knew who's who's also he's also a banker. but what we were doing in the game is we we're going to really teleport into this wizard's tower and what are we going to do to handle this guy? You know, It was a game, I don't remember the exact details, but we had to, we had to work this guy over. So we sat down and we're like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And uh, my, my one buddy, Bo, the, the black guy, is like, okay, this is what we're going to do as soon as we get in there. He turns to me, he's like, you snatch him up, you grab him. And he turns to the other guy, the, the half Apache, half Mexican, who's Bigfoot, and is like, you, cover his mouth, cover his mouth right away, so he can't say anything, he can't do anything. He's like, I'm going to get on his hands, so he can't do this. And the one guy's like, hey man, you need me to go. The other guy's just sitting there. We're like, no, 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 you're fine. And he's like, oh, okay. And then, so we go back and then Bo's like, I'm putting a knife right to his throat and tells him if he does anything, I'm cutting him down right there. And this game maker dude's like, hey man, uh, thank you for thinking I'm cool enough to be here, but I don't want to be part of this conversation. And we all look at him we're like, no, 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 man. We're talking about that geeky game we're playing. You're good, you're good. He's like, Oh, Ryan, man, you all right, man. Y'all are scaring me.
0: <laughs> yeah, d- that sounds very much like you're planning something to happen exactly. later that day, and not just like, oh, because if he could twitch a finger, he can speak, <laughs> or he could move his his m- mind in exactly. any way. You you he could just kill you, right?
1: So. <laughs> exactly. But you know, so this guy's like, I don't, I don't want to. No, I don't want to be around
0: oh no. <laughs> yeah yeah it does. some of those conversations you know i'm sure my google search history has got me on an fbi list just just <laughs>
1: yeah i've had that happen afterwards uh when i got out i was a residential painter and my boss came, and we were painting inside of a house and we were talking he's talking about like cutting somebody down with an axe and then we turned and the homeowner standing there looking at us with this look <laughs> on her face. And we're like, no, 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 no. no! You don't understand. Let us explain. <laughs> we're not psychopaths. We're geeks. <laughs> but I'm sure everybody's had that experience with gaming where somebody's like, what are you talking about?
0: Yeah, it is it is a little bit like. You kind of got to look at... It's one of those things where you kind of like, okay, are we in the right spot for this conversation where we're about to talk about combating some... You know.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so. Very, very cool. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's, that's amazing.
1: <laughs> but uh, the other thing interesting about gaming in prison is
0: the amount of gaming you're capable of doing. That was one of my questions is like, are you guys playing every day like how long do game? how long do campaigns last what are you know like give me the parameters here because
1: it's kind of depends i mean there were some institutions that i went to where there just weren't jobs so you had no place to be nothing to do all day long and you would start you could start gaming at 10 o'clock in the morning and usually you would run until prime time television started and you could do that anywhere from five to seven days a week. Wow. Yeah. So you know, I mean, you could get in like you know forty to sixty hours a game in a week.
0: Wow. Yeah, I can see how the game masters get burned out after after yeah. <laughs>
1: doing that, <laughs> and especially where I never saw I never saw a module. Right. I. You know uh, what is the. I've been through it. So many. what is the Dragonlance book with the module in the back? It's a series of short stories. It's like a time temple.
0: I I, I actually Dragonlance is not my specialty. But yeah, Yeah, I've heard there is that
1: there is a module in the back. It's like almost like 30 or 40 pages where there's a map and there's everything. And that book would be in the library. Oh, do you would meet those creatures? you would go through that dungeon you would do so many things like that almost every every prison i went to i'd be like oh we're doing the temple of time distortion or whatever it's called i'm sure you're going to have a whole bunch of comments from your listeners who are all going to be telling you what i'm talking
0: about i'm sure they will and (laughs) please get at me i'm i'm good with that uh um so
1: there was there was that but then yeah you're just trying to you're just trying to homebrew stuff to keep things running for that amount of time.
0: So was it was it mostly like when you're playing these fantasy games is it mostly like you're doing dungeon crawls or are you like are you doing things where you're dealing with politics and some other I mean I'm sure you with 40 <laughs> hours a week you could pretty much go the yeah. whole gamut but I'm just um, kind of looking at the general uh, Yeah. It was it
1: was it was very combat heavy. Um uh, I know I played a couple of vampire masquerade games but never really got into them a lot of them would get into a lot more of that sort of thing as far as the intrigue and the politics uh the majority of the games i played the games i ran were dungeon crawl uh quest heavy uh save the world sort of things um I had actually had a world where I had gotten a bunch of the spells, but for some reason I had no arcane magic spells, but I had like clerical bard, ranger. This is all under third edition. So I created a world where arcane magic was broken. Arcane magic didn't exist. And uh, a buddy of mine who I knew had arcane spells, I'd heard was being transferred to my prison. So I knew I was going to be able to get my hands on his spells eventually. So I started a campaign where the characters were on their way to bring back arcane magic. So we did probably a several month, but it was a quest to make your way across the continent, dungeon crawls, side, side missions, all side quests, all that stuff. I just kept on dragging out until my buddy showed up with all the sorcerer and wizard spells.
0: Right. Because you didn't you didn't have that part, so you're like, well, we're gonna bring that part back. Um, so
1: And you guys are gonna be
0: responsible for it as I wait for this guy to show up. Right, exactly. <laughs> um so now from what I've you know I watch a lot of YouTube and a lot of, of podcasts and talk about kind of ingenuity when you don't have mm-hmm. a lot, which is is very much a, a low level player thing, but it's also very much from what I understand in, in prison. Was there a lot of ingenuity in the way they would get through uh, some of these situations?
1: Well, as far as like are you talking about like in-game in-game,
0: or? in game, in game, well okay. we'll talk in-game. about we'll talk about out of game. In I'm okay. talking about in game as players. In-game. Are they are they really like? Oh, I don't have this. I'm taking this rope and I'm fraying it up, and I'm gonna start the fire.
1: <laughs> Maybe I'm trying to think of too many instances like that. I'll I'll, I'll admit, um, like because of the experiences I had, I thought murder hobos was the norm. <laughs> yeah. If 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 you want to see a very and uh, not entitled but uh a very self-righteous paladin uh watch one ran by a felon
0: (laughs) (laughs) well i mean most paladins are self-righteous but yes i could certainly see takes
1: it to an extreme
0: (laughs) i am innocent and i will make you know that i'm in you know like that i am right (laughs) (laughs) exactly but uh
1: um i'm trying to think of i mean I think everybody's used maybe i'm gonna be wrong about this but i think everybody's used the goblin tied to the end of a 10-foot staff to look for traps
0: i mean not everybody but i have heard that story before but yes that is that is now i could see i've also heard of people tying hirelings to 10-foot staffs but i'm like really guys but sure Uh, the goblin is a slightly better
1: You know, as much as I hate to say it, because now I'm thinking of one particular thing that I did, uh, you probably saw more behavior that could have been considered sociopathic. (laughs) Um, Now, I know a lot of GMs do this in general, but it's definitely when I was in, GMs kind of had a no evil characters rule. Right. Uh, Just because. Um, The only time there would be the exception is if you ran a completely evil party. And you just kind of ran an evil campaign, and then usually we would have to try to find a way in story to make everybody not just want to cut each other's throats. And what you would usually, because the majority of the people in prison at least understood this concept, is you'd make them the members of an organization where they couldn't do that. Right. Which then also touches on why gaming was illegal in or against the rules in Wisconsin. Because the Department of Corrections decided it was gang related.
0: Gang related.
1: That, let me hear. Let you want yeah, to. for you absolutely. Because the the GM, the game master, gives quests and missions that must be done, or there will be repercussions. Wow. And that puts them in a position of authority.
0: So, you, because your group has someone that has authority. That and there's is, a
1: hierarchy.
0: And there's a hierarchy. That means that they're... Hmm? I mean... Now,
1: <laughs> this gets
0: into why we were able to game. Anytime we were on a unit,
1: they knew the guards knew we were game. They did. Yeah. Every once in a while, you'd have a guard who you knew was against it. So, it. so if you saw him come on the unit, you'd be like, okay, we ain't playing tonight. But we'd have guards. And it'd be funny because the guards would come up and... We'd suddenly just start dealing out cards. And just, it would totally be like, you just start making up a game. And they knew it was BS. They knew it was. And most cards would be like, listen, I know what you guys are doing. But here's the thing. You're sitting here quietly doing it for the next 10 hours. Where I know I don't have to worry about you guys at all. If a white shirt what's a lieutenant or a captain, uh, because they wear white shirts, so we call them white shirts, yeah. comes in, just put your stuff away, and start playing spades or something. So that's like... But every once in a while, you'd have a guard who was a bit more of a hard case. And then usually you just wouldn't risk it. You'd be like, all right, we're taking the day off. And the GM would be like, thank God. (laughs) 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 So, um, but yeah, no, that's why it wasn't Wisconsin. That's why you weren't allowed to, because it was gang related. And there was an inmate who took it all the way to the Wisconsin State Supreme Court. And basically, the DOC, the Department of Corrections, can get away with whatever they want. As long as they say it's a security issue, right? And that's basically all they had to say was, "This is a security issue." So, and and that happened. I feel like right around the time I was getting out was when that state went to the Supreme Court, and then it was gone. And I I didn't get a chance to game, well, too much my last six months because I was on work release myself. But and I don't. I don't talk to anybody who's still in, so I have no idea what it's like now. I don't know if right. people still are, but just knowing that it's been happening since the '70s, since D and D came out, they've been playing in prisons. I'm sure it's still happening on some level.
0: Yeah, and that that makes sense. Um, I'm I'm glad that people are are have something. You know, to me, it is. Uh, you know it is escapism right it you're yeah you're, you're it, you know and I could see them no. being uh, well, objecting in that particular count too well but.
1: here's here's the thing is one thing with prison is there's always somebody who ruins it for everybody uh there was a, a table this is just oh gosh okay I look people who go to prison not everybody and' I, but I'm one so I'm allowed to say this they're freaking idiots. They are, (laughs) but there are certain levels of stupid. There was a table at an institution called Fox Lake that was playing a campaign called escape from Fox Lake.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I can see where this is going, but go on. They
1: had, they had maps drawn of the institution. It's like, I would have thought, I personally, any campaign that had to do with escaping from any prison, I wouldn't have touched with a 10-foot pole. I wouldn't have, even with a goblin tied to the enemy, I wouldn't have had anything to do with it. Yeah. But the fact that these guys were running one for the institution they were in.
0: Yeah, that seems like um, a little too close to home for escapism. Second of all, it looks like you're actually plotting escape, and so therefore you're going to get in trouble, yes. right? yeah and thirdly like why (laughs) Uh,
1: i was at another institution where we had somebody higher up i think it was a captain or somebody who wanted to try to get the okay for it to allow us to play and they were like i need something to take that's positive so we like sat down and made up a list of like what's the positive aspects of it and you know we talked about teamwork um Learning, you know, some of it was a bit of a stretch, but about you know, learning uh consequences of actions. You know, we talked about math. I tell anybody that. If you want your kids to learn how to do math, teach them how to game. Yeah. You know, that's that's the easiest way to teach them. Like they'll learn math without even know they're without even knowing they're learning math. Uh, it ended up not going anywhere, but I, I wish I knew everything else on it. But we had a list of like 10 or 15 different things of what's positive reasons to play.
0: Yeah. And that's kind of, a, you know, whenever if I'm applying for certain kinds of jobs, I will be adding like group organization, mm. you know, all sorts of other uh, different kind of like I I, I you know. Try to, uh, pl- we're planning, we're doing structures, we're like doing math, you know, yeah. like, those kind of things are very beneficial and look good on resumes. It's like, look, I, you know, we, if I'm going to be a manager, like I've managed, you know, six psychopaths for, I mean, uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> but you know, so we're, so we're trying to come up with all these reasons why gaming is good for rehabilitation.
0: <laughs> exactly. But it,
1: it, but it didn't go anywhere, so we just all had to play Underground.
0: Well, I, I, think, I think that's going to become more and more of a thing because um, of another episode I did, a friend of mine, Kayla, uh, does RPG therapy.
1: I, yeah, I've heard a lot about that.
0: So I think that that's going to eventually, I'm hoping to help people eventually make its way more and more into the mainstream of that kind of therapy culture and help people even in prison. So
1: yeah, it would be nice. But unfortunately, I mean, the DOC, it's hard to get them to change their minds about anything, Sure, you know, it really is. And unfortunately, and it's not, I'm not, I understand where they come from. I'm able to see both sides of it is they can't have a gray area. If there's been a problem one time, then it's just done. That's just how they tend to handle things that can seem unfair, you know, when you're the person having to deal with that, but considering what they're dealing with and what their jobs are, is it's just the way it is. Yeah. So unfortunately,
0: unfortunately, yes. But, uh, you know, we can keep trying to push culture in a good direction. And that's kind of the point of, uh, talking about this sort of thing. Uh, Oh. um, so go, going back to, uh, you know, dice, you know, may or may not be, uh, I mean, you had different places where dice were yes or no, like yeah. what kind of like, what were your tools what were your, uh, well, you know, here we
1: go. I actually dug these out a couple of these. Some people made spinners where you'd have like starting in the middle of the circle, you'd have like four sided and six sided and whatever. So you just spin it. Uh, some people actually figured out a pattern for, making d20s where like you'd have your fold and your cut lines and Mm -hmm. they'd make it out of like a card stock and then they'd fold it up and you'd paint it a lot of times people would also put rice inside to give it weight Mm -hmm. and then you'd paint it with glue to give it to like a hardness. so you could actually roll the d20 what i used, and i can kind of show you one here on camera while i explain it i took about a hundred cards two decks of cards and On the cards, let's see if we can do here a little bit. You might be able to see here would be like my D20. And then across the top would be four-sided would be like my four, my six, my eight, my 10, my 12 to my 100. So then when I had to roll, I would just go through my deck, pull a card. That would have been a seven. You could see there. Now, so a lot of people liked that. I liked that because it was a little bit more random of it. And you'd, you'd end up, if you did like 100 cards, you'd have like five 20s in it, five bundles. But then you also had to trust people to make their cards right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, and usually, like, I mean, you know the statistics. You know if somebody's rolling a lot of 19 and 20s. And I would do this is if I thought somebody had a suspicious deck if they're going into a big battle, it'd be like, "Hey man, let's switch decks." <laughs> no,
0: no, no! I, I, I'm not gonna switch yeah, decks. Exactly.
1: <laughs> you can tell by the look on their face if you just need to have like a conversation, in a real conversation, not like you know a prison conversation, but right. a real conversation yeah. about like, "Hey man, come on, dude. If you got to cheat, if you got to cheat to win, make a better character."
0: Well, <laughs> but like. <laughs> That you know I think that's a lot of or the attitude at, uh, at least is like hey man we're playing a game like why cheat what's the point of cheating you know it is a power fantasy and I can sort of understand Yeah. You know, you're especially when you're incarcerated like yeah yeah. there's there's some pretty big egos in there
1: too <laughs> yeah I mean you gotta you know I mean it's 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 interesting it would be really interesting to see like a psychological paper on that on the, on I mean, when you game anywhere, you're going to get all sorts of people. But when you start to like narrow down the, 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 the circle of where those gamers come from, you know, you filter down like when you got the type of people that end up going to prison and then the people that are gamers within that. Like this goes back to uh, our mutual friend, Paul. Uh, the table I was gaming at with Paul had like six other law students at it at any given time. And I'll tell you this right now. I mean, rural lawyers are one thing. But when you're <laughs> dealing with rural lawyers, that are actually law students. Capital oh L God. lawyers. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so it's interesting. You know, there's been several times, you know, where I've been in different tables. that were also, a, you know, that, that, that was a subset of a bigger subset. Like convicts playing games, lawyers playing games, you know. So it, it, once I got out and started playing with a wider demographic, it was interesting to see. You know, oh, okay. I just won't. Okay, so we're not just going to burn this village to the ground. Okay, all right.
0: <laughs> you you mean we're going to talk to these villagers? Interesting.
1: My, 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 wait, wait. What's this word? Diploma? Diplomacy? Di- I don't. I don't know that spell. What's the damage and range? <laughs>
0: yeah So,
1: and then uh, the other thing we would do is we would make our own graph paper unless you knew somebody who got art supplies you get graph paper so you could draw out your dungeons and stuff like that uh, and then we would cut usually they were it was a normal sheet of paper so you'd have like a quarter inch grid um, and then you would make little quarter inch squares of cardstock that you would either number or put initials on and then you'd put a red dot for that's the direction they're facing. And you could put those under like uh, sleeve protectors, paper protectors, mm-hmm. like for a folder. So then you could write on them with a dry erase marker. And then you that's where you'd move your, move your piece around on top of that. And then I also made myself, I uh, actually, for this podcast, I dug out all the stuff I brought home from when I was in. That's why I got my cards out of. But I also made up a lot of like, Generic ones where I had like trees and a river and a lake and roads, so you could bust those out. So it was, you'd think it would be more being inside and trying to be keep hidden about it. You do a lot more of the theater of the mind, right? But I've always liked that. I've got, oh gosh, I've I've got several thousand dollars worth of dwarven forge. Uh, oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now that I've gotten out, um, yeah, and that and uh, now. Who was the other one that does the pieces? They did the huge kickstarters. They did. They do the train pieces. Um, that that that's not Dwarven Forge. No, it, they're the big name.
0: Yeah, I can't. I can't remember their name, but they're oh they're God. like a dungeon system or something where they click yeah. together, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. I've yeah, I I think got a lot of my money on kickstarters. So I've always been about that. I've liked that aspect of it. What's interesting is I'm not an artist at all. So yeah, I had a good stack of different generic. Like here's a cool key. Here's a village. Here's a river. Here's a crossroads. Here's a bridge. So I can bust those out in game while we we're playing.
0: Well, if you want, send me some pictures of that stuff, mm-hmm. and I'll I'll uh, I'll post it up on the on the Instagram and the Facebook to show people that they can listen to this and see that. I'll I'll see link it, it in oh, the no show problem. notes. I'd love okay. to I'd love to see uh, these these uh, and a picture of your deck kind of fanned out or whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah, no problem. I'll I'll get that for you.
0: Uh, very cool. Um, so, yeah, so you've got so you're you're getting books either smuggled in or copied or somebody's making it up. You're getting, yep. uh, you know, craft supplies are available depending on where you're at. Uh, you, You're making your own like terrain uh, boards, basically, with these just like replaceable chits and cards and stuff like that. I mean, it sounds like you've got pretty much everything you need to play. Yeah. Uh, the randomizers, yeah, exactly. So
1: that was, yeah, it was that was it was really it. And I'll tell you this, like it, I'm not just because I, I enjoyed it, but I'm really glad I got into it because especially the places where I was at where there was no jobs, just to be able to have something to do all day long, you know, it 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 it, it honestly would keep people out of trouble, you know. I I've touched on that earlier. where Guards would come by and just be like. Hey, I know what you're doing but I don't care.
0: Well, it's just like uh we were, you know, not that it's as comparable, but quarantine when everybody had to be, you know, inside, like everybody kind of went online to try and play games or whatever. It wasn't the same, it wasn't as good, but yeah. I mean, it it's trying to deal with the situation in a kind of a, a healthy way by getting together with other people as you can and and trying to, you know, have some fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So, how long did these? Uh. Uh. So we. How long did generally a campaign last? Did it just last until the the game master kind, burned out, or <laughs>
1: kind of yes. Uh, the majority of the games I ran, there was like okay, we can get like I built a world. I have maps laid out of a whole world, towns i mean just because you got so much free time uh, a lot of it wasn't on paper it was all in my head but like i had different countries i had you know what those countries things people could do there there and that so i tended to just run a lot of general open world um so those could be almost never ending right you know it's just kind of the way it works where people just did things um you know they they and and Definitely. I mean, this this is kind of those little things that's kind of universal for any GM that runs an open world like that. Is you let your players kind of build the campaign, like they'll latch onto something and be like, "This must be important," and you're like. Okay. Yeah, you just made this important for. me.
0: Yes, uh, it's very important. Perfect. Uh, yes, it was the most important thing. Scribble, 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 scribble. Exa- I just saw. <laughs> I saw something a, screen,
1: a screenshot on Facebook from someplace else where some GMs were talking about this, and one was like, "They were my my party just just killed a bunch of goblins, and they found a super uh, exceptionally smooth stone in a goblin's pocket." <laughs> and they started arguing about it because it must have been important and I suddenly had to make this thing important. And underneath it is a comment. It was like, I was in that party and that rock was important. <laughs> 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 so it's it's interesting where how me being a GM when I was in affected me as a GM when I was out because A, I'm, I'm used to a lot more just open here we go you know and so it made it so i could go on the fly more um honestly the majority of the games i've done once i've gotten out have been open too i've I've taken modules and like inserted them into my world but i haven't run any like clear-cut made campaigns so
0: well yeah no i mean that's that's kind of was one of my questions. Is you're you're out you're you're still running and playing, right? So
1: uh, I haven't in about four years. Uh, I have gone back to college. Okay. I shouldn't say back. I've gone to college, so that's taken a bit of time. And then the job I'm doing right now has to be working weekends.
0: Uh, I see. So
1: yes, like I've gotten invited to a couple of games, but it's like I need. Well, I need to be available on weekends. I'm I work as a tour guy. so it it puts me in a position where it's like oh you know i i can't guarantee they'll be there every saturday you know there's a very good chance i won't you know unless you want a character that just kind of jumps in and out but no gm really wants that so
0: yeah well i mean it depends on yeah no i i've i've had it both ways where we just have people like come show up you show up but yeah it's a little harder to plan a long-term story that way exactly
1: but i did run for like about four or five years at least after i got out ran and played
0: okay well um so i mean you you have a lot of stories left i know you do i can see yeah, I it i can I see it in your eyes
1: <laughs> I, was, I was actually just checking the clock and being like how are we doing here because i had to keep going <laughs> well we're,
0: we're doing i think we're at a good stopping spot because we're okay. gonna we're gonna have you back i'm gonna have you back right. tony uh,
1: I, I enjoyed this. So I'd like to be back.
0: And, and I want I want to hear more about more, you know, write down some more stories. I want to hear about your world or even, you know, write some of your world down. Like, it sounds like you have material. Like, there's this whole, like, you can just sell modules on drive through and some of these other things. Like, I, I think you, you got like a whole wealth of, of information. Even if you're not running, you could write down and, I- and get out there.
1: I've thought about that. Um, I, like I said, I dug out for the first time in probably five years since I moved to the place I am now. I dug out my folder of gaming stuff, and I'm gonna. I, I, as I got it out, I got this deck of cards. I was like, "Oh, I know what I'm doing for the rest of the night." Uh, exactly. <laughs> so, um, I, yeah, yeah. And then you mentioned it. I'll get you photos of some of the stuff for that we've talked about. Now, I'll save photos of other stuff for when I come back and we touch on those things.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Tony. I really appreciate your, uh, you coming in and sharing your, sharing your experience and having a laugh with me. So
1: (laughs) no problem. It was a great time. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you very much. Thanks. Thanks, Tony, for come on. Thanks, Paul, for introducing us. Uh, there's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Please uh, go on the Discord or respond to the post uh, on Facebook or whatever uh, with your questions. Uh, we'll get Tony back on in a few months and uh, do this again. Uh, I think he has a lot of very interesting stories we can get into. Uh, I'd like to thank our patrons. The, they should be lauded upon... The mountains and the hills and the dales because they are what help keep me motivated. Because let's just be honest, it's summertime in Arizona. It's already been 115. And boy, is it hot. And that it will reduce the motivation of anyone. So, uh, go to uh, patreon.com slash fullmetalrpg uh, if you would like to Support the show, help out making sure that I keep interesting guests like Tony coming on and saying interest, just keeping us thinking about RPGs every week, every other week, <laughs> someday every week. If there's enough support, we'll go weekly. I'll put that as a new goal. Um. Also. If you are interested in maybe getting a T-shirt, FullMetalRPG.com. I got my uh, say. Uh, we're teaching about RPGs for you know, like Dare teaches about drugs. So, um, if you have someone like Tony that has an interesting experience with RPGs, or you ha- you you think, oh, why haven't I talked to X designer or why person that's because maybe i don't know them so if you know them or you think i should reach out to them drop me a line FulmarRPGBiz at gmail.com uh in the discord on the facebook's wherever let me know if you have a person you would like me to talk to because uh you are as much part of the show as i am because it takes two to tango. Thank you very much. Good night. Rah!